Welcome to Around the Table. We continue our series about our churches in Japan and hear more inspiring stories of Japanese believers and the challenges they face in a country that is less than 1% Christian. Greetings. My name is Frank Souter. I'm elder at our church at Roanoke, and I was recently put in as elder over our churches in Japan. Brother Mark Barr from Detroit had served there for about 20 years or so. Um, the last time we visited together, we talked about the history of our churches in Japan, and each one of the ministers also shared their conversion story. And so before we begin part two, I would like um, each of you to once again introduce yourself. And Brother Makoto, can we start with you? Yes. Hi, my name is Makoto Inoue. I am uh, the Orden Deacon here in Tokyo Church. Uh, very thankful to be here. Brother Akihiro. Hi, my name is Akihiro Ito, and I'm a Shoda Church minister uh, since 2008, and uh, I'm, be, I'm glad to be here. Hi, my name is Kan Umemura. I'm also a um, uh, minister from Tokyo Church in Japan. Um, I'm glad to be in, in a service to testify uh, Japanese beliefs and our cultures, as well as our faith from Japan. Thank you, brothers. Um, I would like to start off today's session with each of you just sharing one testimony of a Japanese believer that has impacted your life, um, increased your faith is how you've seen the spirit of God at work. Um, maybe, Brother Khan, if we could start with you. Okay, Frank, yeah. I'd like to explain about my faith that I didn't grow up with a Christian family. So I didn't have any Christian figure to look it up for. However, I was introduced through the friendship to the Christian family as well as Tokyo Church in my young age. And I was able to uh, interact with uh, our brothers and ministers from Tokyo Church. And I was able to grow up through the Sunday school. Over the years, I had an interaction with um, um, Brother Akito, the, um, Makoto's father. Uh, he was a minister at the time. And I was able to learn a great much of our faith. And it actually gives me a lot of interest in a faith that over the long years, I have never uh, learned and uh, knew about the faith. However, I was able to pay interest and start becoming much more interesting to the to our faith and wanted to learn more. So that is um, part of my uh, starting the faith. So your journey has really been, um, as a young man, watching believers um, live out their faith, and especially for you, Brother Akito, mm -hmm. and um, it created quite an impression on you. Uh, how about for you, Brother Akito? I would say one of our dear uh, sister um, 
Iwama-san, we called, and uh, she was, let's say, uh, when she was baptized, close to eight years old, and uh, she just passed away a few years ago. And her testimony was that she, when she was young, when she sing, single, she had a chance and she was invited to the local church in Kofu or Midtown area in Yamanashi. And she was so uh, impressed and wanted to follow the Jesus, want to be a Christian. But she didn't have a chance to be baptized that time. Then she got married for her Japanese husband. And those times, the most of the wife or maybe religious perspectives the, to marry to the non-Christian husband, the, the wife is very challenged to confess their faith. So she was very hesitant and she raised uh, children. And uh, finally, after husband had a stroke and passed away, she thought and she felt that the chance to start coming to the church and to be baptized. So after husband passed away, she just started coming to our church. And after a few years later, she was baptized at our church. And then soon, she just needed uh, help in daily basis. So she uh, moved to their assistant nursing home, but also her symptom progressed. So eventually she had to move to their daughters uh, where she lives far away from Shiozu Church. But for more than five years, every Sunday, she listened to the uh, uh, preaching through the telephone. And uh, once or twice a year, when Brother Mark or uh, our previous the elder visit us in the five or six, we visit together to uh, Sister Iwama-san at the Kyushu Stelbar, and then we had a communion together. And uh, we did at least over three or four years. And those are kind of very special time for us. And that's how her testimony, even far away, until she close to die, uh, she listened and she wrote all messages on the handwriting. And uh, when I, uh, each time when I visit her house, she showed me which day, what what kind, uh, what preach I mentioned, and she's all writings, and she mm. remember very well, and that everyone just impressed us because by that time she was ninety years old. So that's a kind of special testimony for us. Um, I'm glad that you mentioned her. When I lived in Japan in the 1980s, I remember when she first started coming to church. And what a blessing that was. Um, Brother Makoto, how about for you? Yes, uh, I would like to uh, mention Sister Haruyo Onoda. Onoda. Uh, we call her Onoda-san. 
Um, she grew up in the neighborhood where Brother Willis first started um, having Sunday school. And she was one of the girls that were nearby, uh, one of the families that really helped out Brother Willis, um, the Utsuki family. But she was nearby. She, she grew up nearby there. Um, her parents were very much against her going to um, or becoming Christian, I should say. Uh, and that uh, when someone asked her uh, in her early maybe teens or uh, maybe even early 20s um, if, if she was baptized or not. And she said in front of her parents, she said, I, I'm not baptized yet. And apparently that really alerted her parents to um, really try to discourage her because I think her parents were very concerned with um, her future if she became a Christian and what that would mean. Uh, as a Japanese family, they probably didn't know how to navigate that. So anyway, so she was not uh, baptized for a um, certain number of years. But uh, when, time, when time became that she uh, was going to marry her husband, uh, one condition she had was that she was allowed to be baptized. And her husband was very understanding. Um, and uh, so she was uh, after she got married, which now she was no longer under her strict uh, parents control or her under under their roof um she, she was now with her husband and the husband uh, uh, allowed her to get baptized so that's how she got baptized and uh, the incredible testimony to me is that she's been coming to church she lives kind of far away from church takes about an hour and a half to two hours by train to reach church but she comes faithfully at least once or twice a month and oftentimes she, she teaches sunday school when she comes. Um, and she's been doing that for, I don't know, maybe 50 years, <laughs> something like that, a uh, very long time. And um, yeah, as I, as time passes, the more and more I find how incredible her commitment and her desire to be part of our congregation and uh, be contributing. Uh, so that's, that's been an encouragement for me over the years. I really appreciate it. Um, the examples that each of you shared, it really shows that faith in these believers runs really, really deep in that strong sense of commitment. And part of that is having to go against um, the norm of Japanese culture. Um, how do you see evangelism reaching out to Japanese people being different in Japan compared to the United States? Maybe Makoto, could we start with you with that one? Okay. Um, well, they off, uh, obviously come from a very different background, or the culturally, um, not many uh, have exposure to Christianity. Although, I must say, the recent ones who are interested in Christianity or becoming a believer, um, when they trace their roots, oftentimes they have some kind of Christian influence whether it's Sunday school or someone, the family member being a believer. So um, that seems to be somewhat of a common thread I see in recent years. Um, but besides that, um, a lot of Japanese people do not know anything about Christianity. So uh, religion is often um, treated as something strange, something that... Um, something scary for m most people. And that, that has to do with 
some recent, uh, not recent, but uh, in the nineties, there were some um, dangerous cults that mm. were um, influencing a small group of people to do terrible things, um, committing some crimes and so forth. So that kind of casted a very um, negative light for pretty much any religion. Um, fortunately, Christianity has a long history uh, here in Japan. So I think um, they were a little more lenient or have a little bit of um, difference, I think. But anyway, anyhow, um, sharing gospel takes a little bit. You, I don't think you just start striking up a conversation and start that. Um, oftentimes, I think you establish friendship, establish trust, and they get to know you, you get to know them, and you start sharing a little bit, bits and pieces, I think. And then eventually you start in, you know, inviting them to church um, activities. Sometimes uh, you invite them to your home and Sometimes then you've invited to church, uh, but somewhere along the line, you'll share the gospel and um, see where, if they're interested to hear more. Um, that's kind of how, I, at least I, I personally have gone about it, and maybe that's not all that different than how we do in America. But yeah, that's that's my reference, I guess. I think you captured it well that it's a much longer process, I think, in Japanese culture there's a struggle that goes on for a longer period of time before somebody actually becomes a follower of Jesus. Yes. Um, and that leads me to the next question I wanted to ask you is why does Christianity flourish in some Asian countries such as Korea or China, but yet Christianity seems to struggle in Japan? Any thoughts on that? Brother Akihiro, would you take that question, please? Sure. Well, as you know, the uh, percentage of the Christianities nowadays in Japan, they say 1% or less than that. And when I, uh, last 10 years or so, my interesting as part of the learning the Japanese history, and uh, I just found some similarities in the Christianity ratios in Israel, perhaps. And Israel, country, that's uh, only 2% two, two of the Christianity. And uh, that because the 90-80% of people are more Jewish and uh, they just so hard to accept the Christians. And in Japan, again, the Christian history, we have maybe they introduced 1700 or so, but 300 at most. Versus, as you know, the Shinto, that's the uh, uh, original Japanese emperors, you know, the ancestors of the Shinto's god. But those histories still exist in close to 2,000 years. And uh, as Brother Makoto mentions, most of the, our generations, they, we don't realize that we have regions or Shintos or Buddhists. But as a part one, we mentioned that more absorbed as a part of the life or culture. Mm -hmm. Many Japanese are naturally accept to visit the shrine on the New Year's or have a Buddhist funeral. And uh, those are, they don't say it's religious, religious, but for me, it's just so much with some strong, a very strong 
uh, cultures for them. So, Brother Marcos say, if we confess I'm Christians, always there is a, some, we need a, some uh, courage, encourage people to confess. Because some Japanese society, at least we know 40, 50, 50 years ago, that's so much uh, discriminations from the societies or even for like a family, there's so much against to be a Christian. And once they become Christians, they just basically like a Bible tell or even like a, like a Jewish cultures. I heard once they become the Christians or among the Jew, the rest of the family or relatives, they just don't want to contact those Christian Jews. But those similarities I can find. So I can, that's the one, one thought, one idea. That's really interesting. When I was living in Japan, I was surprised by the similarities between Israel and Japan because you're talking about a race of people and a culture of people. And that is so different than the American mindset. And it has a strong influence, I think. Any other thoughts, uh, Brother Khan or Brother Makoto? Um, well, the one of the things that um, I, I often discuss with my wife, uh, we, we would um, invite people and they seem to be very interested when we invite to things, but they seem to enjoy just uh, just having a good, good time, uh, but yet they are not interested in the actual message oftentimes. And they seem to kind of have um, culturally uh, know how to maybe keep things at an arm's distance. Um, they will celebrate with you, but they don't believe anything. Um, maybe that's too strong of a description, but it seems like um, they'll, they'll, they'll be there for the cultural experience, but they're not there for the message. And so it's it's been a challenge for us to... Um, communicate the message part more strongly uh, rather than the culture part um, over the years, I think. And that's, that's, that's one of the, the challenges I think we have here in Japan where, and, and I think um, before I jump in too far, but there was also this affluence piece. I think um, I, I heard from brother Willis that when he first started reaching out to Japanese people, they were, they were hungry for anything to read anything, to to study any anything, um, because right right after war they were so poor and uh, they were hungry for the word. But uh, as they gone through the uh, economic growth and so forth, um, they they seem to not need or ex not realize what they need um, and have very little interest in spiritual things. So. I think those are uh, multiple factors. I think they, they kind of learn to keep things at arm's uh, arm's distance, and then at the same time, their their needs are met, so to speak, on a um, day to day physical sense. Although there's a great need for um, a spiritual uh, nourishment. Thanks for listening. Around the table is available on AC Central. And now also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Pocket Casts. It is a production of Onward Media, a communications ministry of the Apostolic Christian Church.